0: Welcome to the LIPN Podcast, brought to you by the members of the Long Island Professional Network, where business professionals come to grow. I'm Meryl Loshner, Chief Storyteller and Podcast Producer with Smith Douglas Associates. With the cost of college constantly rising, finding enough financial aid can feel overwhelming. So I reached out through the Long Island Professional Network to Vicki Volweiler of College Financial Prep. I asked her how students apply for financial aid, what options are out there, and how she guides flustered parents through the financial aid maze. Thank you for joining us today. We're talking with Vicki Volweiler from College Financial Prep. So how do people apply for financial aid and who do they apply to?
1: It depends on the schools that the student is applying to but everyone fills out the FAFSA form. That's the Free Application for Federal Student Aid. All schools require this form to be on file, and people can fill it out themselves or ask a professional for help with it. Some schools, mostly private schools, also require the students to complete the CSS Profile, and that stands for College Scholarship Services. That's through the College Board, the same place that offers the SATs and ACTs. The CSS profile is more in depth. Um, it's a lot more questions than the FAFSA form, and again, it's only for certain private schools.
0: With the FAFSA form and the CSS and financial aid, does financial aid cover all possible financial aid, including student loans and grants? And what does FAFSA cover?
1: FAFSA FAFSA is just a form. FAFSA allows students to to qualify for that unsubsidized government loan, all students, but the FAFSA form is sent to the colleges who put together their own financial aid packages. That typically comes out, say, in February, March, whereas the acceptances typically come out uh, before then. So in February, March, you'll get a financial aid package, and it's not standardized, but it will include The cost to go to the school, any scholarships that you're getting, whether it's merit based or need based, the amount of loans that they may be offering to you, and what is ultimately due to the school. There could be a gap amount where then that would mean that you may need to take out a larger amount of loans. These are not standardized form letters. So I work with clients when they start to receive all their financial award letters from the different schools. To standardize them, we review them, analyze them, determine where they're getting the most free money, where perhaps one school may be offering more free money than another, and see if there's any way to appeal to, to the best
0: school. That was going to be my next question. You, you get your response in, and how do you negotiate that?
1: I prefer that when students send out their initial applications that even if they're not necessarily interested in those schools, schools that offer more merit aid, that they apply to them. And we can then use that with a comparable type school and compare awards. Uh, you know, you always have to make sure that it's apples to apples. You know, I, you can't necessarily compare a public university with a private university. So you just always have to make sure you have like schools to compare with.
0: So do the parents fill out FAFSA or do the students?
1: It is supposed to be the student filling it out with the parent's financial information. So both parent information as well as the student's financial information is included on the FAFSA form and the CSS profile form. So that includes income as well as assets.
0: Do you help parents fill out the CSS forms as well?
1: Oh, yes, definitely. Parents are often surprised at the the in-depth nature of the CSS profile, especially in working with, whether it's widowed parents, divorced parents, single parents by choice, you know, just the the amount of questions and especially with special circumstances, we, you know, uh, I, I like to focus on explaining those special circumstances to, you know, help clients maximize their savings when it comes to CSS profile. Uh, the FAFSA form does not allow special circumstances to be explained on the form itself. But again, I work with the same families and work will work with the schools to to make sure anything is is addressed that needs to be addressed.
0: What are some of the myths surrounding FAFSA that people may walk into with preconceived notions about what they're getting into?
1: Um some people think that oh, our family makes too much money, we shouldn't complete the FAFSA form. And I always advise clients that all people should fill out the FAFSA form. There are a number of reasons for that. The first, everybody, no matter what their income and asset level is, they're eligible to receive a $5,500 Stafford loan for freshman year. Sophomore year, it goes up to uh, $6,500. Junior and senior years, it goes up to $7,500 each year. So uh, that loan requires no co or it has the best interest rates. So if a student and or the family plans on taking out loans, that's the one that's most advisable to start with. Next reason is if the child wants to apply for a work study program, you need to do that through the FAFSA form. Some schools, not all schools, but most schools, require the FAFSA form to be on file even to award merit aid. So even if the family doesn't qualify for need-based aid, they still need to fill out the FAFSA form just to acquire merit aid. So that's another big reason to fill out the form. And the last reason I advise people that it's necessary to fill out the FAFSA forms is it's almost like a life insurance policy. Heaven forbid, a parent, you know, unfortunately gets loses a job, gets run over by a bus. I mean, some horrific event happens in the family. It's almost like a, a some type of insurance policy because then you're able to immediately go back to the school and say, we've had this change in circumstance. Can we revise FAFSA and adjust financial aid awarded as opposed to having to wait a full year to then go and file the FAFSA form?
0: Is this kind of financial aid only for teenagers, or can adults returning to school also use this form?
1: Anyone can file FAFSA. It's not just for teenagers that are going to college. FAFSA is also used for grad students, and it's not dependent on age. The only thing that may be dependent on age is if the student's parents' financial information needs to be included on the application.
0: So that would be usually people going straight to grad school after graduating with their bachelors?
1: Usually, not always. It depends on the graduate school program. And it could be an adult that's going to go for their bachelors and they may not need their parents. So it really depends on each person's unique situation.
0: So does the parent have to be involved if the student is over 18?
1: Yes, especially for our bachelors, the, the schools are still going to look for the parents to help assist in paying for college, and they want that financial information.
0: And if the person doesn't have parents or doesn't have living parents or is a foster child?
1: There is room to explain extenuating circumstances. It really depends on what the situation is. But yes, I was actually just working with a client. The son was recently adopted. Um, at age 16 from a foreign country, and but he has been a ward of New York State. And as such, when filling out the FAFSA, he will be entitled, because he has been a resident of New York State for many years, entitled to $0 um, in terms of his expected family contribution.
0: What about children of divorced parents? Do you need the financial information of both parent or just the one paying the
1: bills. (laughs) For FAFSA, it is typically the custodial parent who fills out the financial aid forms. That being said, many families have a 50-50 split, so it'll be typically the parent that the child lives with, if you divide the year 365 days into 183 days and 182 days, it would be the child that lives with the parent 183 days. If it is exactly 50-50, then it would go by whichever parent earns more. For CSS Profile, I think I may have said earlier that that form is much more detailed and in depth. They're they're looking for a greater holistic view of the family circumstances and some of the schools, not all of the schools, some of the schools may inquire about the non-custodial parents' financial information. That It really depends on the schools that the student is applying to. When I work with families and we are searching for schools in which they are best off applying to, um, in order to maximize savings, depending on the family situation, we may choose schools that do not request non-custodial parent information. So you almost have to be strategic in your applications and plan ahead.
0: Are there any deadlines when it comes to filling out these forms?
1: The best thing to do with FAFSA and CSS Profile, it opens on October 1st. It's open throughout the course of the year. However, that being said, the schools each have, say, a pot of money to award in aid. As time goes on, that pot of money gets smaller and smaller. So it's advisable to do it closer to October 1st. I mean, it doesn't have to be October 1st, but do it sooner rather than later. So there is more aid available for your student.
0: So if for whatever reason you end up having to do it in April, it still can be done. The plot's just not as big.
1: Exactly. You know, but typically by then the the financial aid award letters have gone out. So do it, you know, my advice, do it simultaneously when you're doing the college applications themselves. It's okay if (laughs) The forms are even submitted prior to the applications uh, being submitted to the colleges. It's kind of like the the SAT and ACT test scores. You know, the, the the test scores get submitted to the schools, the applications get submitted to the schools, and the financial applications get submitted to the schools, and it all gets put together in the file for the student. So it's okay, you know, whichever piece is done first.
0: Are there any special things on FAFTA and CSS that is for, again, adults going back to school who were veterans?
1: There are savings for veterans. That is a question on the forms as well. I mentioned on my website, there are some scholarships also listed for veterans and people that have been affected by 9-11. So yes, there are special awards for veterans. And I believe people that have parents that are veterans, too. So that is available.
0: Do you have to fill out these forms every year? The
1: FAFSA form does need to be completed every year, especially if you're getting merit scholarships from a school that requires the financial aid forms. You certainly want to fill it out every year. But yes, FAFSA forms and if your student is going to a New York State school, TAP also has to be filled out every year.
0: Do you help fill out TAP forms?
1: I do help fill out TAP forms and Excelsior scholarship forms for those students that qualify. That's uh, the New York State program for families that earn less than $125,000. I've I've helped quite a number of families with that and, you know, thrilled that they're able to go to school for free now, whereas beforehand they were unaware that they were able to do that. So, yeah, I I, I help families with everything.
0: So you're actually able to, on certain families, make sure that they have no student debt?
1: Yes, definitely. There are actually a a good number of New York State scholarships that students can qualify for, whether it's because of their school ranking and how well they did in school or what they may be majoring in or the Excelsior scholarship. So yeah, that's something that I can definitely help families with. Um, Again, the goal is always to, you know, maximize savings on college.
0: Financial aid was in the news not too long ago about people trying to game the system. What do you tell when someone calls you and asks to game the system for their student?
1: I personally do not game the system. I tell all clients when they come that I do not do anything that may be Lori Laughlin like, just to. Uh, <laughs> I have had parents ask me about different situations where, whether it's claiming one person versus the other as a custodial parent, or. And if there is no way for the person to verify this, I won't do it. Approximately one in three people are asked for verification as to the information that's provided um, on their FAFSA and CSS profile forms. So, so everything needs to be legit. But when I'm sitting with my clients, we talk everything through. Everybody's situation is different from one another. So I'm not just going to fill out a form without having a full understanding of the client's situation. You know, of course we want to make it show the family in the best light to meet their needs you know, financial or otherwise, but but, but everything has to be right. Exactly. Everything has to be on the up and up. But I want to know about those special circumstances. I want to know if you're expecting a downward change in your financial situation next year and why, uh, you know, I, I want to know if something's happening that is not going to be reflected in the forms, just so, you know, whether I can address it in the forms or directly with the schools themselves, we can do that.
0: So you're saying people can fill out the FAFSA form themselves, and what's the most common reason for people either not filling it out right or just not wanting to do it?
1: You can do your taxes on your own for free, but a lot of people would prefer to hire an accountant. If somebody is comfortable with numbers and their own finances, of course they can do it themselves. But sometimes people need a, a hand to hold and somebody to guide them and make sure they're filling out the, the forms right, um, knowing that they'll be able to maximize aid when going to college. Also, depending on the person's unique situation, whether they're divorced, whether they're a single parent, whether they have a business, um, there are all different reasons that people may wish to have a professional help them with the forms, because they may not be sure how to answer certain questions about their own situations.
0: So you help them not only with the forms and with potential scholarships and with potential loans and possibly picking a school and a major.
1: Correct. And also analyzing which ones offer are offering the most money and appeals. And it's a process. It's starting, you know, typically I start with clients in junior year. You know, right now I'm helping families estimate their their family contributions you know what 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 is going to be expected of them to be able to pay towards college i'll help families figure out approximately what their cost is going to be for various schools based upon their financials and also based upon the the student and if they were to receive any merit scholarships from the schools based on their you know grades and test scores and, and then we'll start with researching schools and figuring out where, what, what may be good fits for them. Starting in junior year, I mean, it allows the family to have the luxury of time to research the websites, visit them at college fairs, take a ride to the schools over, you know, Christmas break, February break, or whenever the, the family has time to go and take a tour if they're interested. But yeah, I recommend starting sooner rather than later. it, it It's definitely best to prepare and plan ahead than waiting till it's time to fill out the FAFSA form.
0: Tell me about a client that, you know, touched your heart or changed your practice.
1: The client, I guess, that touched my heart the most, just the feedback I received. She was so thankful. Her son was now able to go to college, whereas she didn't think that he would have the opportunity to go because she was a divorced mom, the dad wasn't involved at all, and they just couldn't afford it. And now her son is thriving, so she's thrilled. And the client that changed my practice. This was uh, recently, actually. I was working with a family, and we were talking about the cost of the schools that the daughter was interested in. The daughter was very focused on a specific set of schools not necessarily looking to expand upon that list and search for those merit scholarships. And we were discussing the loans that the daughter may need to take. And I was discussing this with the parents and said, you know, perhaps I should sit down with her and try to explain to her what those loans are gonna look like in her future. Because really, when you're talking about 11th and 12th graders, they don't always understand the financial realities of what's to come. So since I received such positive feedback from that family, I am working to create financial literacy classes now for the students so that they can make educated decisions and help with the decision process in terms of which college they're going to go to.
0: What's one of the best compliments you've ever got in your work?
1: Oh, my gosh. The best. Co- First of all, the best compliment is always when they refer a friend to me. So, you know, I thank all my clients for that. I love when I develop relationships with people. You know, the hugs when people leave. It just feels warm, it feels gratifying. I know that my clients are happy. You know, it's not, it's not just all about money, it's helping, it's helping people, it's, it's holding people's hands, it's making a stressful situation less stressful. What I do is, all well, based on financial decisions, there's heart and emotion in it too. So the best compliments that I receive are, are, are seriously, like when the clients leave and they give me a big hug and say, you know, thank you, I couldn't have done it without you. You know, you've, you've made this so much easier than I thought it was going to be.
0: So do you only meet with clients one-on-one?
1: Typically, I meet with clients one-on-one. I have done some and will continue to do some divorce workshops specifically geared towards parents of divorce. And, you know, that's that's in the initial phase. I mean, before before you get to... Filling out financial aid forms. Typically, I'll start to work with parents of high school juniors, some parents of high school sophomores, or even thinking about the process, and we'll start to discuss and answer questions and figure out best ways to move forward.
0: If someone doesn't live in the area, how can they use your services?
1: I have worked with clients in Washington, D.C., in Nashville. Um, a lot of it's by phone, by video, uh, you know, FaceTiming and whatnot, and yeah it certainly can be done it's not an issue
0: do you only help with the financial aid forms or do you also look at alternate ways to pay for college
1: um what i like to do what what i think is best to do is high school junior year to research colleges the the way in my opinion to save the most money on the cost of college is to get merit scholarships from the colleges themselves, but to know which colleges you have to find them. So I'll work with families, uh, figure out, say, what major or possible majors the student is in, um, what location they're looking for, or you know, are they open to the whole country? What type of school they're looking for, whether it's a large university in a city, whether it's a small liberal arts school, uh, whether they're looking for a certain sports. I've helped families find, you know, that are interested in certain division three sports, find merit scholarships at those schools, whether the child plays violin and they're looking to be in the orchestra, wh- whatever it is, we can research colleges and then also, along with their grades and uh, SAT scores, Find those schools that are most likely to offer the student merit aid. It may not be the designer name that everybody wears on a sweatshirt. So the, the family, the student, they, they have to be willing to expand their radar. But that's the best advice I can give for finding finding the most money to help pay for college.
0: Do you recommend students take AP classes so they can cut back on some classes they'll need in university?
1: I, re- I recommend it if the student is up to it. I don't recommend stressing out the students, but it is a way to save money. Typically, and not always, it's going to be school college dependent, but those classes will usually go towards a gen ed requirement. It may not fulfill a major, but yeah, there are plenty of um instances where a student can go in to start college as a sophomore. That's a full year of savings. I mean, I also recommend that if a student plans on going for a master's to search for those schools where, you know, instead of it taking six years to complete a bachelor's and master's, finding a five-year program. And that also saves a full year of tuition and room and board. So yeah, there are definitely ways to cut down on the costs.
0: What do you do with a student who wants to go to college, but they don't know where they want to go or what they want to study?
1: I actually work with an academic success coach and her role in working with the families that I do, is to help students find a direction, to help them find a major, uh, possible majors, to to point them in a direction. And the reason that we do this together is because it, it fits in with saving money. If a child has no idea what they want to study and they decide to bounce from physics to psychology to... I don't know, anthropology, I'm just making up, uh, you know, classes, uh, majors, but it could conceivably add years onto them graduating. And that's extra time that it's going to take for the student to graduate and extra money it's going to cost to pay for tuition. So by working with our academic success coach, it, it helps the child to focus in prior to time that you're actually paying for tuition.
0: What's your best tip for saving money for the cost of college?
1: definitely researching schools. You you want to expand your search. You, you want to keep your options open, be open to all opportunities and possibilities. I always say that it's not just about financial fit, it's also about academic fit, social fit and financial fit. But you have to be open to the possibility that a school that you're not completely aware of, may be the right academic and social fit for the student. So so that's the best advice that I can give. There are opportunities everywhere. I always tell students that, you know, the opportunities aren't going to come to you. You have to go after the opportunities. And that's something that I do in my practice. And that's something that I advise students as they move
0: forward. What's adulting 101?
1: So adulting 101 is a course that we're putting together that is going to address the financial literacy needs of students um, which is going to include I think we mentioned earlier about student loans and how that's going to affect them in the future of the students and also budgeting before the kids go to college as well as how to write a resume, stress management techniques, all things to prepare the students as they leave the nest so to speak and go off to college. You know, want to make sure that our kids are, are set to take on the, the the challenges of adulting and, you know, okay on their own.
0: Do you do the research for your clients on what scholarships are available out there?
1: Typically, when it comes to things like fastweb.com and, and scholarships of that nature, I personally don't do that. However, on my website, if you go to collegefinancialprep.com under services, there's a tab free money. And there's a whole listing of different websites that clients and the general public can visit to see if there's anything that is available to them. However, in general, you're going to find the most free money from the colleges themselves, not from the uh, the local scholarships that the guidance uh, office may offer. Speaking of that, you also have to be very careful because some schools do not Stack college scholarships, meaning, you know, if you get one from the school and one from an employer and one from a religious organization, the school may say, well, no, now your financial need is reduced because you're getting these other scholarships and they may take money away. So you really have to be careful where you spend your time and know if the schools will stack scholarships or not.
0: Do you also guide your clients on what are the better private student loans out there?
1: I do work with families on loans. That's typically, say, June and July before the kids go to school in August. There are public loans for the parents called Parent Plus Loans. And there are also other private loans that are available. So I'll work with families on determining which loans have the best terms, the best rate. And again, every family is different and every family has different needs. So, you know, I I can't just automatically say which one is best, but yes, I do help families with that.
0: So besides filling out forms for people, what else does college financial prep offer?
1: Um, Well, in addition to helping families plan in junior year um, and researching the schools and filling out the forms... And providing information and whatnot. We also work with ACT and SAT tutors because that will help the students maximize their test scores, which will aid with getting more merit aid. We also work with, I mentioned earlier, an academic success coach who will help with stress management. If the, the if the child is a poor test taker and needs to learn techniques to de stress, she can help with that as well as guide students in terms of you know areas of interest in terms of picking a major. Um, I also work with um, essay specialists who will help students not only with their college applications, but also their scholarship essays. Um, they're not going to write the essay for you, but they certainly can assist you as you go through the process. And again, the the goal with everything that College Financial Prep offers is to help the student and the family save money on the cost of college and find more money. To pay for the cost of college. We also have college advisors that help with the application process and whatnot. So yeah, we're full service.
0: If someone has more questions for you, how can we reach you?
1: Well, my phone number is 516-225-5224. People can always visit the website, which is at www.collegefinancialprep.com. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash collegefinancialprep.
0: Thank you very much for your time. You're going to very welcome. Thank you for listening to the LIPN Podcast, brought to you by the Long Island Professional Network and produced by Smith Douglas Associates. To learn more about the LIPN, visit our website at lipn.org or join our meetup under Long Island Professional Network.